Christian life than going to church and reading your Bible. Ever wondered just how involved God is in your daily life? Then you've come to the right place. Join me, Pastor Tom Marsis and Vicar Dylan Meyer, as we take an in-depth look at applying the scriptures to our daily lives, the Ten Commandments, baptism, Lord's Prayer, and more. Welcome to the Living Faith. Welcome to Living the Faith, episode 43, A Sure Hope in God Alone. My name is Pastor Tom Marsis, Senior Pastor of Zion Lutheran Church. And I'm Vicar Dylan Meyer. We're glad that you're with us as we are concluding our four-week series on Tell the Next Generation. It's been a stewardship series. We've been glad that you've been with us. Uh, it's a time for us to reflect on the past and also look to the future. Uh, you may remember that we've been looking to him let children hear the mighty deeds, that that's kind of been the outline as we've gone through it this uh, four weeks. And also today, added on to that, it's also Reformation. Uh, we're getting ready for the Reformation. We're going to, that fits into the theme this week. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit as we go through that. So our focus this week, though, however, is a sure hope in God alone. And so really, that sure hope really focused this week, the hope that we have as Christians, uh, the idea that we never doubt. And to do that, maybe it would be good for us again to hear now the fifth stanza of a hymn, Let Children Hear the Mighty Deeds, which kind of serves as an outline for our focus this week. Yeah, absolutely. Our um, fifth stanza, we're, you know, in the previous couple weeks, uh, you'll notice that we went over stanzas one, two, and three. We're actually uh, moving to stanza five. And the reason we're doing that is because of this focus on hope. And uh, so stanza five of Let Children Hear the Mighty Deeds, hymn 867, goes like this. To learn that in our God alone, their hope securely stands, that they may never doubt his love, but walk in his commands. And so there's this emphasis on hope. There's this emphasis on God alone as being our hope and uh, that we are then encouraged to never doubt his love and also walk in his commands. And so this really is going to be our focus for our uh, podcast episode this week is hope, a term that often is misused, misunderstood within our, our uh context. Society really takes it a whole different different direction than yeah. we as Christians do. Now, for the world around us, they might say, well, I hope that my team wins the World Series, or I hope that my right. team will win this big game, as if it may happen, it may not happen. Right. But as Christians, when we talk about the sure and certain hope that we have in Christ Jesus, it's not a maybe, it's a definite. Mm -hmm. And so you can see that there's a big cavern, so to speak, between the two and how the world is going to view hope and how we as Christians are going to view hope. And with that in mind, the real basic question then as we go, what is our Christian hope? What What is it that we as Christians hope, not maybe, not could be, but is going to happen? What is our uh, sure and certain Christian hope? And we are given a, a sure and certain Christian hope uh, in everlasting life that is promised and accomplished 
through uh, the work of Christ Jesus. This is the sure and certain hope, as we hear oftentimes in in our Lutheran circles, the sure and certain hope that we have uh, as Christians is that Christ has died for our sins and rose three days later to conquer death. And our hope is anticipating eternal life, everlasting life because of this work. This means that when we die, um, you know, opposed to the rest of the world that uh, does not have this Christian hope, uh, when we die, we do not stay dead. There, We have the hope of um, life after death. And we also have this hope uh, from Paul when he writes um, to the community of Rome he writes that when we suffer, we actually can anticipate glory beyond suffering, right? Romans 8, 18 tells us, for the sufferings of this life will not compare to the future glory that is in Christ Jesus. And that really brings us comfort because yes. the reality is that in this life, we are going to suffer. Sin, struggle is all around us. And as Christians, we shouldn't feel like somehow we're lesser of Christians if we're suffering or we're struggling. We should expect it, but know that anticipate that our inheritance is not in this world, which really leads into the next part of that hope, and that's that inheritance. What is it that is promised? And, you know, the Apostle Peter really talks about this in his first epistle letter. It's, it talks about, "'Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ,' Uh, according to his great mercy, has caused us, notice, to be born again to a living hope, not a dead hope, but a living hope, and that is that Jesus rose from the dead. And he goes on in verse 4 to say, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. In other words, this hope is not a maybe, as we said earlier, but we have the assurance that because of Christ Jesus, we know that waiting for us is the inheritance in heaven, and that's a different kind of hope than the world has. For much of the world, if they don't have faith, they're going to say, I hope there's something after death. I hope that there might be something better out there. I hope that this isn't the end. But for us as Christians, when we talk about hope everlasting, we know it's going to happen. And we know it's going to happen not because of what we did, but because of what Christ did. And this is really a good Reformation touch point here because it's in God alone that we have the assurance of heaven. So it's not in what I did. It's not what my family did. It's not what my parents did. It's not what country I live in. It's all about in God alone. And for us as uh, Christians remembering the Reformation, there's those three solas. Now, that's Latin for only, so to speak, but uh, uh, you know, faith alone, Scripture alone, in Christ alone, You know that we know that those things are there. And so in Christ alone do we have the hope and assurance of life everlasting. And f- that's a big difference, isn't it, than the world's hope that they have. Mm-hmm. And, and these things are really— um... You know, we hear them, as Pastor Marcus was just talking about, we hear them a lot with this uh, week of Reformation, um, Reformation Sunday, remembering that that only through God do we have this hope of eternal life. But we, we the, the, the area of scripture that all of this is really rooted in is Ephesians 2. And some of you are probably familiar with these verses. I know 
my uh, I've had a few friends who have used this verse as a confirmation verse, and it's a great great section of scripture to have that uh, for because we we get all of this talk from Paul about you know by grace through faith in Christ Jesus. That's the Lutheran. Um, Mantra, so mantra to thank mantra, you. so yeah. to speak, yeah. of who and what we are as Christians. Now, uh, I know you're sometimes going to hear Lutheran Christians. I would say Christians who are Lutheran. I mean, I think, mm-hmm. because I think the focus for us should be on the Christian, not the Lutheran, but some might debate mm-hmm. that with mm-hmm. me a little bit. But I think it's really important for us to remember what the focus is. It's on Christ alone. So by grace through faith, grace, this undeserved love that we have in Christ Jesus, something that we've been talking about over and over again, that it's what Christ has done, not what we have done. And and again, some areas of the Christian church are going to confuse that a little bit, thinking that there's got to be something we do to earn salvation. The world around us certainly thinks that the better you are, the more good things that you did, somehow you're going to earn favor in the afterlife, whatever the world's going to say, whatever that may or may not be. But for us as Christians, when we talk about this hope that is ours, the one that we want to pass on, that it's a gift from God. And that's where we get this trust, where we get this hope. And really, it's a foundation that we build everything on. So for the last four weeks, we've been talking about our Christian life and stewardship and how we live out that life. But here we're getting to the real foundational. Now, let's remember what a foundation is. It's the thing that everything in the building is supported by. The foundation is the starting point. The foundation is, uh, if the foundation is kind of shaky, the rest of the building is going to be shaky. But if the foundation is sure and solid and strong, you have the great chance of having a strong building built on top of it. And for us as Christians, that foundation all rests on his great love, what he has done for us, and what he continues to do for us. And that really leads into what we've been trying to talk about, tell the next generation. Uh, What do future generations have this foundation to build on? What is the foundation for future generations of Christians to build on, both here at Zion and throughout the world? Where is the hope that they should be looking to? Yeah, Christian hope is founded on this uh, confession of of you know, by grace through faith in Christ Jesus. And this Christian hope um, that we are called to proclaim to future generations, telling the next generation of this Christian hope, we are telling the future generations of the anticipation of looking forward to life and salvation, not as opposed to like, you know, no hope, looking forward to nothing in death. Um we have this hope of of what what Christ has accomplished for us with life and salvation. And then, you know, th- this Christian hope also, it compels us into stewardship. It compels us to Christian service. We are called to fear and serve the Lord in sincerity and faithfulness, as as Joshua chapter 24 talks about. It's a, a Joshua 24. It's one of my favorite chapters in all scripture. I mean, when you stop to think about it, 
Joshua has been with the children of Israel through their 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. He and uh, Caleb have been trying to tell the children of Israel, hey, we can do it, and they didn't, they didn't listen, and of course, they ended up wandering for 40 years. And Joshua then led the children of Israel into the promised land after Moses was called to heaven. And so he had been with them through all of this. And, and Joshua 24, the section that the vicar referenced, is really his uh, parting speech. He's now stepping down as the leader. He's been with them as the leader. He's kind of, in a sense, going off into retirement. So this is his retirement speech, so to speak. And he's reminding them, hey, this is what you need to do. This is how you need to live. And then he tells them all of this, you know, fear the Lord, serve the Lord, uh, follow his commands. And one my favorite then wraps it all together. You know what? But as for me and my house, this is what we're going to do. I hope this, this is what you should do, but as for me and my house, that's what we're going to do. And one of the things that's really important about that is Joshua didn't just talk the talk. Joshua walked the walk. And by that, I mean this. We can tell people, oh, as Christians, we should live this way, or as Christians, we should have this in our life, or we should do that. But if we talk about how important it is to be in worship, if we talk about how important it is to give of the first fruits that God has given us, if it's, we talk about how important it is to do acts of service in the name of Christ in the community, and we don't do any of those things. It's just words. So when Joshua is talking to the people, they know that Joshua has lived the very thing that he is giving over to them encouraging them, somewhat commanding them to do, he's lived it. He's not just talking about it, he's lived it. And so when we talk about an example to future generations, that becomes so important. I had a professor once that said, you know, uh, your actions are speaking so loud, I can't hear a word you're saying. Now think about that. As Christians, if we just talk about it, but we don't live it, if we don't uh, do the very thing that we're talking about, what message are we sending to future generations about what it is and who it is that we are in Christ Jesus? If it's just talk and not about the very fiber of who we are. I'm not saying that we do those things to make us the believers. Clearly, we're not saying that. But by our actions, what are we saying? Right. Because our actions, let's face it, are much more impactful, influential than the words that we say. And so it's not enough to say that Christ is our hope. We need to live as if Christ is our hope. Yeah. And we have to, we have to remember like what Paul really emphasized with stewardship, scriptural stewardship is that it's closely tied with service, right? And so we are servants and stewards, uh, within um, this calling to be God's people. And uh, so, you know, going back to this discussion on Christian hope, telling the next generation of how of how Christian hope is is a comfort throughout our sinful world, right? Because you don't have to look far to see the sin in this world, and people are constantly being beaten down by the sin of this world. And so this Christian hope can be a proclamation of us. Um, something to look forward to is really uh, what Christian hope is, is as we live throughout this sinful life 
um, you know, faithfully enduring sufferings, because that's really what scripture tells us, right? It doesn't deny sufferings. It tells us to faithfully endure sufferings, but we have something to look forward to, a new creation, life everlasting. And it's something then um, going back to what Luther absolutely emphasized um, during, you know, the first reformation um, of the church was that these things, trusting in Christ alone, um, by God's grace alone, uh, through faith alone, these things are something to root ourselves in. Now, root yourselves in. That, that's an interesting picture that is used to describe the Christian life. What is it that we uh, root ourselves in? Now, I don't know how many of you necessarily garden or like to be outside and do some planting, but it's always interesting to see what has deep roots and what has roots near the surface. And you often see how that works after a storm because a certain kind of tree that has uh, not very deep roots, they're all near the, the top of the surface, a big wind comes, in other words, a struggle comes, ah, knocks that tree right over. But if that tree has roots that go way down, very solid, very strong roots, you know what, the wind can come and blow, but it's not gonna knock that tree down. Yeah. And you might say, okay, pastor, why are you talking about trees for Pete's sake? Aren't we talking about the roots of us as Christians? Well, yeah, we are. But the roots are, what is it that we base our strength and roots on? Is it God's word? Or is it my feelings, what I think may or may not happen? Or is it, or is it really rooted squarely and firmly on God's word? The more our life and hope is rooted in God's word and his promise— the more sure foundation and solid footing that we have as Christians. And, and so what is it that guides us? What is it that gives us balance, so to speak, in our daily lives? Is it the word or is it emotions? Because emotions kind of, they come, they go, they're high, they're low, they're fleeting, they're there, they're here. But if it's solidly rooted in his word, that gives us something different to hold on to and something different to pass on to the next generation to tell them and show them what it is to be rooted in the word. Yeah. Yeah. And so with all of this, um, you know, I think it's also important for us to really ask ourselves, how can we show our hope through our stewardship? How can we display this Christian hope through um, what we've been talking about, about stewardship you know, and obviously the first and foremost thing is that we proclaim the gospel. We're pointing other people to this uh, word that God has given us, his truth uh, that guides uh, our worldly living. Um, and then also, you know, I I think about just trusting in the ministry of your church, um, praying for it, taking interest in it, um, seeing where your gifts can be of service um, to uh, give glory um, to God or, or or serve your neighbor. I think these are ways in which you can show the Christian hope through uh, stewardship. And don't take those gifts lightly. I mean, in the oh, church yeah, no. oftentimes, oh, I'm just a layman, or I'm, I can't do that, or I can't do that. Well, there are 
all kinds of different ways and different needs in the church. And not everybody's called to preach from the pulpit. Not everybody's called to teach Bible class or Sunday school. Not everybody's uh, called to be in the choir or play the organ or the piano or whatever the case may be. But that doesn't mean your gift isn't valuable. That doesn't mean that what you have is not important in giving glory to God, nor is it not important in being able to proclaim the good news. Whatever that gift is, we are each called to use it wherever the Lord places us and however he places us. And again, circling back to telling the next generation, that's how we demonstrate that importance to the next generation, because whatever our gift is, we're called to use it. Yeah. And so, I mean, this this is really all going back to that service concept and uh, serving one another, serving your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, and like your like the ministry of your church, um, we are a community of Christians. You pray for your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. You take interest in them as well. And um, we stick together, uh, to put it plainly, and um, we stand by one another and we endure faithfully the sufferings of this life together, and um, we constantly point each other back to the hope that can be found by God's grace through faith in Christ Jesus alone. And these are the things that that root us, that found us um, in this life um, to sure and certain hope and truth, really. Uh, they guide us um, throughout, throughout our days. Well, at the very beginning of our podcast today, one of the things we mentioned is that this week is the re- leading up to the Reformation or the celebration of the Reformation. Obviously, it was able to weave it in as a part of our podcast. But, you know, it's a, it's a good question to ask, you know, what exactly is the Reformation? The church, like uh, many things needs to always be examining ourselves. Who are we? What are we? And why are we? And unfortunately, uh, in the 16th century, the church had kind of lost its way as a whole. Uh, it was more about things and power and money than it was about preaching the good news and bringing the the truth of Christ's death, resurrection, and His promise of life everlasting. And On 1517, October 31st, uh, Martin Luther went to the door of the Wittenberg Church, uh, in a sense, the modern-day internet, and posted (laughs) uh, his 95 theses or 95 statements or questions that the church needed to debate, and it started a firestorm. Now, there's a lot of history to it, and we're not going to get into all of that today, but it was an opportunity for the church to re-examine itself. Not all the church did, but a chance for the church to re-examine itself. And Reformation Sunday or Reformation Celebration is an opportunity for each of us to be reminded and ask the question, who are we in the church? And what are we in the church? It reminds us that it's not about the preacher, it's not about the building, but it's about the teaching of Jesus Christ and him crucified. The past four weeks, we've talked about stewardship, especially under the theme, tell the next generation. And part of the mission and work of the church is to deliver the good news of Jesus Christ to the next generation that they too may come to know who their Lord and Savior is. 
So the fact that we're concluding on this Reformation Sunday week is is kind of important because it's able to draw it all together, bring it all together, and help us realize uh, it's important for all of us to constantly be examining so that we're on track. What does Scripture say? How does Scripture say it? So that it impacts who we are. So as you do the readings this week in our Tell the Next Generation, as we conclude our four-week stewardship emphasis, be reminded that it also is a time of reformation throughout the year, really, where we as Christians continuing to ask the questions, why are we Christians? Where did we get the faith from? How did we get the faith? And the importance in our daily living as Christians in the sin-sick world that we're in. Well, as you do your readings this week, we ask the Lord's blessings to be upon you, uh, reflect on the questions related to it, and hopefully next week as we come together, you'll be able to hear about All Saints Day or Commemoration of the Faithful Departed. Now, All Saints is actually November 1st. November 2nd is Commemoration of the Faithful Departed. But uh, here at Zion, we kind of combine the two up and do them on the first Sunday of November. And we'll talk a little bit about that next week and have an opportunity to be reminded of the blessings that is ours in Christ Jesus. Lord's blessings on your reading and study this week. Thanks for joining us on our Living the Faith podcast this week. This podcast is a ministry of Zion Lutheran Church in Bismarck, North Dakota. To contact us, learn more, or for more resources on our journey this year, please visit zionbismarck.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. This podcast was made possible by a grant from Lutheran Church Extension Fund. We thank them for their support. Please join me in prayer as we begin our new week. Blessed Lord, you have caused all Holy Scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort of your Holy Word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thank you for listening. Tuning next time as we continue learning how God's truth in the Scriptures applies to our daily life. God bless your reading this week.